Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Joined by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. We were hanging out last night at the Shellback, so... Listen, good to see you guys. I know we've been doing a Zoom for a bit here. So, Armand, how are you doing? How are you doing, Arash? Because I know that, you know... Um, I am those... an engaged man. Listen, <laughs> 9, 9 p.m. comes around and it's time for bed. So, I could see in my fiancé's face that she uh, had uh, had had enough. You know, the beautiful thing about being with someone for a while, you get those cues. You get those uh, you get those cues where you know she starts looking at her phone, she starts looking uh, like around, and it's like okay, it's nine p.m. She's got work in the morning. Um, I remember like when we first started a date, you know, I I you know normally a shell back night is I'm gonna close down the place. Um, cannot do that anymore. Cannot do that what, anymore. What what cues were you getting from us? <laughs> Uh, listen, you guys are young guys. Uh, Brandon is with someone, I believe. Grant has a girlfriend, but you are. Uh, but listen, those guys, those are two of the best wingmen in uh, the game. So listen, I I, I knew you were uh, single, perhaps ready to mingle. <laughs> so, uh, but 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 beyond that, beyond that, when you are an engaged man who is currently actively looking for places to get married, uh, you do get those cues of like, okay, it's nine o'clock. I had my uh, two skinny margaritas ready to head home. So got to uh, say, hey, pick up the tab. Anyone want one last drink and got to head out. But, but Brandon's been with his girlfriend for a while, so he probably he, he's probably nailed those cues as well, right? Or I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I can tell. I mean, she's very quiet, but I can tell when she's mad. You know, you can tell <laughs> yeah. when. So, like, you can just read signs. Like, I don't even need her to see to know what's going on, you know? That's just something that happens in time. But, yeah, no, Armand, we had a great time with you, Arash, yesterday. And then we stayed a bit longer. And we talked to Armand. And we ran into a couple of old teammates of Grant and I's who I oh, guess wow. were down there, which is crazy, at, like, at like, 11, which was cool. But it was who a fun were, night. Who, who were hanging out with supermodels, by the way. Whoa. You forgot to mention that. Whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't, uh, you know, I wanted to keep their keep their lives private but <laughs> one, one, one of them was in a uh, host family with like two hollywood agents or something and they set them up with like two australian supermodels or like <laughs> two or three with those guys i guess i don't know so they were all just there at a table i missed out like at least just from like observing i mean uh the people watching at uh, shellback is next level it's it's really amazing you know when you get to uh Friday nights, Saturday nights, certainly if it's six men or something like that. But um, 
Good time. Listen, we um heading into big free agency Friday, you know, today, Thursday, kind of teams get to pick up the options and, and things like that. A very um, unique thing is happening here in Los Angeles with the Clippers because for the entire duration of Steve Ballmer's time as the um, owner of the franchise, you know, when you're worth as much as he is, um, you it's basically a blank check. You know, you know the luxury tax and things like that. But for the first time, and by the way, this move will make sense when I when I tell you what it saved him. They waived Derek Gordon, which didn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense when you look back at the trade that they made Luke Kennard and a draft pick, I believe, for him. And then, like, only a few months down the line to waive him. Because of the luxury tax and all the new rules in place, that one maneuver saved them $110 million. It's incredible. So, uh, listen, I know when you're Steve Ballmer, you're worth billions and billions of dollars. 110 million is still 110 million. And Aaron Gordon is, uh, no matter how much you're worth, is now worth that. Brandon, I'll start with you just because I think for the first time, Clippers, have, Clippers fans at least have, have um, realized okay, maybe this run with this current group may be done. Because again, I think if Steve Ballmer and I think if the front office believed, that this is a guy that we need, that if we're going to win a championship, we have to keep this guy. Steve Ballmer would have kept him. Um, this will be very interesting. And again, the first maneuver Steve Ballmer has made that has been a cost-cutting. And again, it's not just cost-cutting. $110 million is a ton of money. Brandon, your thoughts on that move? Yeah, no, I thought it was a great move. But I also think at the same time, you basically traded Cam Whitmore, Luke Kennard, you know, for Eric Gordon, right? And it, to me, that makes no sense. I, I didn't understand the trade at the time. I think Kennard was a pivotal piece in what they did. Guy that could provide shooting off the bench. And realistically, as much as I like Eric Gordon as a player, what is he? has he ever contributed to winning in his whole career? Uh, his whole, every team he's been on has been a losing team pretty much or a team that's faltered in the playoffs um, pretty much. Uh, I, you know, and he's a good player, but he's getting older. And again, because of that luxury, that double luxury tax apron that they were over and the Warriors are well over that too, you know, cutting him, he saved a hundred million dollars in the luxury tax. I mean, that's worth it. And also if you do want to pay that hundred million dollar luxury tax still, what that move did is it allowed a possible James Harden trade move to, you know, be on the horizon. Um, you know, if you're still willing to go into that double tax apron uh again that's unlikely i still think james harden stays with philadelphia but i mean i i now there's rumors the clippers want harden and it's like wow <laughs> that'd be crazy westbrook harden pg and Kawhi. be nuts be nuts uh armani buckets your thoughts on the move there's nothing like infusing a somber fan base than <laughs> trading for James Harden. I think that is exactly what this fan base, that is the antithesis of what this fan base needs. That would be terrible for the Clippers. I would hate it. I think it's important that we point out what the second apron actually is and what it does because, you know, a lot of people have been talking about second apron this, second apron that. These are the actual consequences. You lose your mid-level exception. We've seen how important the mid-level exception is from year in and year out. A ban on including cash as part of the trades and inability to accept more salary in a trade than a team sends out. 
A team in the second apron will also be unable to aggregate salary in trades and cannot trade its first round pick seven years in the future. Wow. So all those. Oh, and you can't sign players on the buyout market. So all these things. That's that, huge. That's dude, massive. Yeah. yeah and, then, so, and then Phoenix also didn't know about it in the new CBA thing. Right. That's Remember all inexcusable. <laughs> I saw, we saw that report. <laughs> That because of the Bradley Beal trade, uh, uh, there's been a growing uh, discomfort or uh, problems, as you mentioned, Brandon, in the front office because they did not know this. That That is great. Like, that is your one job is to know that document. What, where did you guys see that report? Do you remember? Because I've seen something that indicates. While you guys talk, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. But it So was here's the other yeah. thing with the second apron that I heard maybe the Suns were actually ahead of their time. If you're, if a team exceeds the second apron and remains there in two of the four subsequent years, the draft picks that they have move to the end of the first round. Why is that significant? Well, if you're a team like Phoenix that flipped your first round picks all to Washington and you're like, we're going to be in the second apron anyways, you're flipping the 30th pick in the draft every year. Yeah. Does that make sense? So it's like So that's good that, for yeah, I mean, but they're still well, gonna suck. That's a loophole though in the CBA that the players didn't really think about. Because if you just flip no. picks and you're a second apron team That always didn't make much sense to me when we when trading superstars and the big thing is you're a rebuilding team and you want back picks and it's like well, if you're trading a player that caliber, how valuable are these picks going to be? Unless, obviously, in the Kevin Durant trade, they got a 27 and 29, and that new CBA agreement could could prove costly in that if the team is actually really bad in 2027, right, Armand? Yeah, Armand buckets. You're you were 100 uh, percent right. You were you were. Uh, it was a good question to ask where the report came from because I I kind of went back, you know, because obviously you 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 have people on your Twitter feed that you like, you trust, or maybe you just know them or whatever. And, and it came back to someone who, I won't mention him by name, um, but these things matter, right? Uh, the report or the uh, original tweet is from a, uh, from someone who's only following 17 people. He has 4,000 followers. He's from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He's an independent NBA insider. So okay. listen, um, no, it's not okay. So I trust listen, him with my life. Yeah, right. So uh, uh, apologies for giving that uh, that uh, you know story some legs. That that happens. By the way, because and we talked about this last night when we were all together. You know, now with like you could buy a blue blue check mark, you could buy followers. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who look legitimate. Um, and who clearly are well, and then there's and there's big like pages like Legion Hoops and NBA Central reposting stuff like that too, which is another thing, you know, because those there are supposed go. to be legitimate pages too, you know. Yeah. So listen, I mean, who knows if it's true or not? Probably not. Like I'll 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 wait for someone who's more established. But listen, the 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 CBA is so massive, and you have to like know it from front to back, and and. Uh, so this makes a ton of sense. So it's not just $110 million that they're saving, which of course, listen, that, that matters, but everything that goes with it, that's why you ha like the Clippers had to make this move. Now, like I'm assuming they made the trade at the time because they thought they, they clearly thought that, that that may have been a piece that, that, that could have helped them win a championship because if you look back at that trade now, it doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. 
Not at all. And yeah. for an organization that has been kind of spinning its wheels here, hoping for health, um, it, it just it sucks to give up on an asset like you know a Cam Whitmore potentially. Who yeah. who would have known that he would have slipped to to that pick? But you know this was a very good draft to have picks in, and now it's all for nothing. But I do want to say, and I still will say this, and I, I don't know if I'm in the minority on this. I still think if Kawhi doesn't get hurt, they beat the Suns. And I know, I think you so. know, the, yeah. the goal is not to make it out of the first round, but I think they would have at least made it out of the, they wouldn't have beaten the Nuggets unless they were both healthy. And then even then, but I do think that they were better than, you know, their playoff run indicated. Um, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, listen, if they're fully healthy, not just uh, Kawhi, Kawhi had an amazing game one where he looked like his old self, but if they have Kawhi and they have Paul George, I think there's no doubt that they beat that team and they perhaps go on some kind of a run here. Guys, we did this yesterday with the Lakers, so I want to be fair and do this with the Clippers as well. I mean, let, let's quickly, before we had to break, go um, to their available free agents as we go to the beginning of free agency on Friday. Russell Westbrook, obviously the big name, he's a unrestricted free agent. I, I think in a perfect world, he'd like to stay home in Los Angeles. The Clippers would love to have him. Uh, financially, I, I don't know if it can happen. Uh, real quick to both of you guys, what do you think happens on that front? Yeah, Armand, you can go first. I think, you know, with him, it's it's one of those things, and we briefly mentioned this yesterday, He's probably looking at best case scenario, the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is around $6 million. The Clippers can give him 3.8 million. So it becomes a comfort thing. Are you comfortable in LA? Does 2 million really matter to you? With a guy like that, who's probably, you know, earned enormous amounts of money throughout his NBA career, you would think that he would pick comfort at this point and a situation. And we've mentioned this a million times. Clipper fans have absorbed him with open arms. I feel like he's going to stay and take that slight discount. Yeah, I, I agree with Armand. I think that's the priority is Russell Westbrook. I think other than that, their team's virtually almost set. They're not going to trade Marcus Morris anymore. They tried. They failed. You know, and now they only have a few roster spots left. I mean, you're looking at players, obviously, with the Eric Gordon uh, getting waived. There's maybe some vet minimum signings, like, I don't know. Armand said, you know, taxpayer MLE. I thought I was almost certain the taxpayer MLE is five million. So they would offer that to Westbrook if they can get that under the luxury tax, the second apron. You think, yeah. or you think somebody else? Um, I feel like that would be the Westbrook thing, right there. Right. Okay, but that's that's a two million difference. I mean, look, there. I I don't think it's a huge thing, but perhaps that's the thinking. Perhaps they're still trying to get back into that second apron and trading for Harden. I mean, there's been reports about that, but who knows how valid they are. I don't know what's going to happen. I still think, you know, free agency is going to be very vanilla, especially with the Clippers. Like, Russ is going to come back. That's going to be the huge thing. And perhaps a couple like Jalen McDaniels as a bench piece or something. I don't even know what they can get. Free agency, as we know it, I think is changing, though. It will be vanilla in the sense of, the actual free agents, but free agency to me now is kind of like a pre-agency to what we're going to see afterwards. You have so many teams in the Clippers' shoes that you can't really sell to your fan base. We're going to do this again. We're going to run it back. You can't yeah. do that. So they're going to wait and see what happens in free agency, and then they're going to reassess different things. Paul George, guys like Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Zion Williamson, 
Carl Anthony Towns, DeJounte Murray, Jalen Brown, potentially, Anthony Simons. Look at how many names that we can think of in terms of the trade market. So in terms of free agency, I agree. But I think after that initial first wave of free agents, teams are going to Damian Lillard. Teams are going to start to ramp up their trade talks again. We'll see at least one or two big trades. I really do believe that. I don't really. Carl Anthony Towns, I think, will be gone. Um, but that's what free agency is becoming. It's more about yeah. how you can kind of trade for the next guy rather well, than go out and. Yeah, because last year was the KD requesting, you know, out. Right? That was the big thing. And, uh, you know, usually, Armand, you're right. There's one big move. Who knows? I mean, maybe it's Lillard. Perhaps this year, we last year we saw it with KD, maybe it's Lillard this year. Um, although that remains to be seen. But I think the Timberwolves getting rid of Cat. Uh, makes sense. You can only have one center and you just gave Gobert all that money. I think you have to part ways with him at this point. And Armand, you brought it up. Russell Westbrook, during his career, has made $340 million. So, yes, two or three here or there may not be the end of the world for him. Real quick, to the end of uh, the unrestricted free agents, Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley is, you know, was a key player at times. What, what do you guys think happens there i think he's going to yeah. be a hot commodity <laughs> so absolutely it's a weak free agent class i'd expect him to get perhaps at the very least a non-taxpayer mle of 12.4 million i think some team could give him that having a backup center or even a starting center that's versatile on offense can pass a little bit um defend not great but like you know he's a good basketball player i think he's underrated Agreed, and um, I feel like he will be seeking that payday because he's 33, so feels like he's not going to be in a position to take a discount at this stage of his career. Brandon Boston Jr., uh, $1.84 million contract could become guaranteed by Friday. Um, I'm assuming Easy. he's going to come back, right? Easy decision, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah, you, have, you have to do that. In fact, they should have played him more last year, and he needs to play this year. Same with Jason Preston. To your point, to Jason Preston's $1.49 million contract could become guaranteed by July 7th. That's another easy call. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, let's round it out here. Uh, Musa Diabate and Xavier Moon, uh, two restricted two-way players. What do you think happens with those two guys? Uh, yeah. They'll retain Diabate. I don't know about Xavier Moon. Yeah, I, those know, guys. I'm, it feels like way, those guys. Yeah. Well, by the way, if I'm a Clippers fan, I'm not very excited about what you guys are talking about. So, like, Eric <laughs> Gordon got waived. Russell Westbrook may or may not come back. I mean, if he comes back, it'll be at a quote-unquote hometown d- discount. Uh, there is nothing about this. Honestly, the only thing is the report that came out. Uh, I think Shams put this one out, but I mean, not surprising. We're here in July or the end of June. Kawhi saying he's 100%. Well, although this has kind of been intriguing, I do think Kawhi, load management may be a thing in the past. I I think Kawhi is basically saying I'm 100% and I want to play like as much as I possibly can. So, I mean, if if you're looking for maybe some positives, Kawhi is 100%. Paul George is 100%. But... I mean, there's, I also, there's nothing that they can do right now that, that makes me think, okay, now yeah. now we can go for a champion. But it, that's a great point because new CBA, what do you have to do to be eligible for the All-NBA first oh. team, you know, for the MVP, oh. for all that stuff? You need to play a certain oh, amount of games. I believe true. it's, what is it, 65 or 70? I don't know. 
65. So that's why load management's a thing of the past. When Minyama came out yesterday and said that he wants to play, they're not going to load manage me. I'm going to play every possible game I can. He's been doing that. He hasn't gotten hurt. In fact, I think there's a positive for playing every single game, even through minor injuries. Uh, I think the body becomes more adaptable and you're able to get through more. I think there's more positives of playing every game than not, in my opinion. Really quickly, I agree with that, except when you play um, like a Marcus Smart style. When you're like a rugged, like you dive on the floor every game, those are the only guys that I could see like, okay, you want to take a game off every every six games, seven games, eight games, whatever, fine. But for most players that don't play that kind of rugged style, yeah, I, I agree with you, Brandon. Yeah, man. I mean, I, this would be great, though. Listen, I'm not expecting guys to play the entire season, but, you know, 65, 70 uh, games. Yeah, I mean, listen, people are, are buying tickets. They're tuning in. It'd be great to see these guys play the majority, the majority of the season, not the full season, but the majority of the season. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Nick Hamilton. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Right, let's head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now and join our good friend from Nightcast Media, Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? Man, I am making it. I can't wait for my vacation next week. Man, you are everywhere. I was just talking with Brandon how every time we uh, look at what Nick's up to, he's on a red carpet, he's at a pre-party he's at an after party he is living the good life where are you off to uh right now or 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 what does your week look like i guess well i have an event at uh disneyland today so i'm headed out there and uh rest of the week we'll see what happens but uh after sunday (laughs) i'm gone there we go well, speaking of Disneyland, well, there we go. I love that. Love it. <laughs> um, speaking of Disneyland, Brandon was out there. Well, not at Disneyland, but he was nearby Disneyland watching Shohei Otani. Uh, listen, we've, we've, we've talked about him for quite some time, but uh, the performance he had a couple of nights ago, two home runs, 10 strikeouts. Uh, I think everyone in Seattle is very excited to see him at the all-star game. 
Nick, can you say anything more about the greatness of uh, Shohei Otani? I mean, he's just going to, as long as he stays healthy, he's just going to get better. I mean, this guy's an absolute phenom. Um, he is so focused on just being the best and wanting to win. He does whatever it takes to win. He had a phenomenal night the other night on the mound as well as at the plate. Uh, something we have not seen in I don't know when. Um, you know, it's very interesting to see how he's definitely continued to progress. Um, and just people just gravitate towards him. And yet, we still don't know a whole lot about this guy. Like, that's yeah. the most intriguing part about this whole scenario is the fact, how much do you know about That should be a trivia question on the <laughs> How much do you know about Shohei Otani? Because I guarantee you, most people could tell you, besides his number and the team he plays for, minus the baseball nerds, that what do you know about Shohei Otani away from the mound and away from the plate? Not that much. But yet he's so intriguing. He's so gravitating as far as people wanting to be around him and just see him and get a glimpse of him. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. And I love this. I love to see it happening. Um, it's unfortunate he's on a sorry ass team. Um that's really not going to go anywhere in a, in a terrible organization that's really not going anywhere. Um, but I hope he gets up out of there. I hope he, he, we all know he's going to get paid, whether it's 500 million or 550 million for X amount of years. I hope he goes to a contender where he can really thrive and contend for a championship. Um, and if he doesn't, and he set, decides to settle with the angels, then we know what he was saying about going to a team that wins is nothing but BS. Yeah, Nick, I wanted to ask you about the Dodgers. Um, you know, the American League, you brought up like the Angels have no chance, probably because the American League is so stacked. The National League, I know the division that the Dodgers are in are stacked, but, you know, they still have a really good shot to at least make the wild card. I know their bullpen, we talked about this in previous times, pitched a little better recently, although not yesterday. Um, you know, but they it pitched nine innings against the Angels and did well against the lineup that ended up scoring 25 runs a few days later. Um, what are your thoughts on them right right now and the lineup specifically? Because we know they need to address the bullpen at the death, uh, you know, at the at the trade deadline. But the lineup specifically, have you been impressed? Are there changes you would make? What have you seen that really um, can lead them to the playoffs? I think that I've been pretty impressed uh, at the plate. It's just, like I said, my concern is that in, that, that putrid, uh, you know, rotation when it comes to their bullpen. Um, I think the one bright spot is Clayton Kershaw. I think Clayton Kershaw is probably having one of the best years he's had in a long time. Could be going for a Cy Young Award this year. Uh, he continues to put up the numbers that he's been putting up and really putting that putting uh, his team on the on his back every time he takes them out. Uh, he's he's been very successful. And um, I think that's one bright spot. Obviously, Freddie Freeman hit two back in 2,000 hits. Uh, Mookie Betts, uh, guys like that are going to continue to contribute. Um, I think it's definitely – I don't have a problem with their offense. My concern, like I said, is on the mound. I think they, may make, they, they need to make a trade or two um, at the deadline because they're going to have to bolster that. If they're going to try to even make, you said, Brandon, make the wild card, and get into the NLDS, at least, they're going to have to have some strong arms uh, to go along with that offense. And if they can't pull that off, then it's going to be a very short season uh, for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I didn't expect them to make the World Series this year. I think it, all intents and purposes, just my opinion, I think 
They are waiting for 2024. I think they're going to make some splashes in 24, whether that be with Shohei Otani. Um, obviously, they're going to get you know Walker Bueller back uh, in the lineup, which will be will booster that that uh, bull. I mean that that starting rotation. Um, you know, you're going to have Julio Urias uh, hopefully be healthy uh, more so in 24. Um, so I think there's some bright spots for this Dodgers team. I think the ownership is great. I think they're doing whatever it takes to try to win. Um, and I think they're going to they're gonna do whatever it takes to win and bring a World Series championship back to Los Angeles sooner than later. Nick, we got NBA free agency on Friday. Uh, let's start with the Clippers. Just because, yeah, right. Got some intrigue. or I mean, I think there's some intrigue here. Russell Westbrook. Again, he played well enough to maybe get a contract somewhere else. He's made during the course of his career $340 million on the court. So, I mean, if you wanted to stay home on a quote-unquote hometown discount, he perhaps could. Uh, what do you think happens there? Does Russell Westbrook uh, come back to the Clippers, or does, does he go someplace else? Well, I think he's made a strong case for him to stay, and I think the Clippers have made it emphatically clear they want him to stay, but unfortunately they can only pay him about $3.6 or $3.7 million because of their cap. Um, if he's willing to take that amount and stay home and play with the team that consists of Paul George possibly, and uh, Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, so be. It. I think this is the most comfortable we've seen Russell play. I think this is the most effective we've seen him play because that is a man that took a team and put the team on his shoulders when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard weren't really a, well, especially Paul George not being available to play, but Kawhi Leonard being lackluster in that playoff run. Um, he really put that team on his back. Um, it really showcased, you know, his skill set, and I think. Uh, Russell Will Russell Westbrook, rather, I think it would be a, still a good, solid fit um, for the Los Angeles Clippers, especially with them not, uh, for my all intents and purposes, I, I believe I read that they're not picking up Eric Gordon's uh, contract, so that yeah. that's going to free up some money as well. Um, so that'd be interesting to see how that happens. Um, if they don't end up trading Paul George, according to the reports, which I think is absolutely ludicrous, in my opinion, uh, to, to even think about trading Paul George, especially all that he's given to that organization and really taking that organization to, to various places. If anybody should be traded, it should be Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Listen, Nick, uh, I, I'm going to give you a softball here because I, I kind of know where you're going to take this. But the uh, the game plan for Rob Palenka is to run it back, basically bring back the core group uh, that led them to the Western Conference Finals last year. It's like Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura. You go down the list. Can a team that got uh, swept in the Western Conference Finals compete for a championship if they run that same team back? Um, how can I say this nice? <laughs> Hell no. Um, let me say Let me say this, Siraj. Um I like Austin Reeves. You know that. I've been saying that all last season. I really young man's play. I love his hustle. He's, he's, he's smart. He works well with LeBron. Um, and, yeah, he shot the highest percentage against the Denver Nuggets. Well, part of that reason why was because he wasn't heavily guarded. Yeah. The Denver Nuggets zeroed in on LeBron and AD. And they kind of left him, hey, if, you, if, if, if Austin Reeves makes it, great. If he doesn't, great. We're not sweating it. Um, so I think the Lakers are going to overpay for Austin Reed, which is going to really dig into their cap, which is going to pretty much uh, handicap them 
um, when it comes to trying to sign other pieces that LeBron and AD for the foreseeable future. Um, so I don't I don't like that move. I think Rob Lincoln is an emotional GM, which means he goes for the moment, and then when the moment is evaporated, it's like, oh well, we're stuck now. So hey, just work through it. And that's not how you build a championship as a team. Um, the Denver Nuggets are the team to beat, especially uh, if they add a couple more defenders to that team. I know, uh, what's the guy? I forgot, Arasha, Brandon, uh, Bobby, uh, the guy from Denver, that the reports came out that... Oh, Bruce Brown? Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown. Brown. I'm sorry, Bruce Brown. He, Bruce Brown ain't leaving Denver. That's just a ploy to get, to get more money out of the Nuggets. That's all that is. The Lakers would, would do nothing for him. I think no. Denver, though, however, and Brandon can uh, clarify. I think they're 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 kind of have their hands tied behind their back, right, uh, Brandon? Where they can only offer yeah, so, so much, like seven. I think seven point eight million. Um, but they can also give him a contract extension. Uh, I, I don't know if that's this off season or next off season. So if they promise him an extension, you know, then he gets to go back and win a championship. I mean, how much money do you need? Yeah, he deserves probably fifteen twenty million, but like. 7.8 plus a guaranteed extension winning another championship like to me that sounds like a pretty damn good life i mean if you're bruce brown you hustling backwards if you go to the lakers you go from sugar to crap why would you leave like and i agree with you brandon why would you leave a championship as you know run so to speak to go to a team that will barely make the playoffs and if they do they're probably going no higher than maybe the second round the lakers got lucky they got extremely lucky because of the teams that were in front of them. If they had played stronger teams, they probably would have made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. But, Nick, hold up. They played Memphis. I know Memphis had their problems, but they oh, were the two seed. And go. they had the defending champion Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. It's not their fault Jordan Poole forgot how to play basketball. Come on now. And I think the Lakers also would have been <laughs> Phoenix. Phoenix had no depth. Come on. Wait, wait, wait. Well, I, I, I'm, now, now I'm going to get on both of you. See, there we go. All right, so now let me deal with a rush first. <laughs> okay, number one, let's do that, please. Number two, let's be honest. Wait, Nick, Nick, you got to start from the beginning. We, we, we lost you for a second because I know this is going to be good. This is going to be radio gold. So let's see if we got you. You uh, you broke out for a second. What I said, okay. Okay, all right. Take your Laker cape off for one. Okay, <laughs> okay. just take it off for a second. All right. Okay. <laughs> Number two, let's talk about Memphis. Memphis was a disaster waiting to happen. They were disorganized. They weren't. They weren't healthy. And let me be honest. Stephen Adams not being in that paint made a significant difference. Okay, made a significant difference. Number two, playing the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors were whooped. Them, those young boys at Sacramento <laughs> whooped them all in like they stole something. And the only reason why Sacramento couldn't capitalize on a game seven because they were inexperienced. They had nobody that could close. Golden State knew how to close because they'd been there before. But by the time they played the Lakers, they were worn out. They couldn't even move. Oh, these are excuses. Come on. No, no, no. No, that's not an excuse, Ross. You know damn well that, 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 that the Golden State Warriors were not the Golden State Warriors of two years ago. That's you know true. That. That's true. That's you fine. You're an all-star. 
Drake right. Thompson and George Poole were milk carton all stars. You know that. <laughs> so, so why is it that y'all can accept the fact y'all want to sit up there and cheer for the first two rounds? But when Denver came to town, that nobody believed in, and they and the Lakers got swept. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who looked well in the first two games against Denver? Could not even win a single solitary game against Jokic and Kyle Murray and the Denver Nuggets and KCP? Really? So you tell me, if real competition had been had been faced against the Lakers, you honestly going to tell me if they had to face the Denver Nuggets in the first round, you think they were going to get out of the first round? Really? They, well, no, that, but that's they, the they best team. That's the team them. that won they the championship. the first round. No, 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 I'm asking. I'm just asking a question. Don't, don't get your pressure all up. Brandon getting his pressure. Brandon getting his pressure. <laughs> There's just... The Denver shot 50% about from three against the Lakers. They had the best series they've ever played against the Lakers. That's why the Lakers were swept. I still believe the Lakers are a better... The best team the Nuggets played in the playoffs, I think. Miami was... Okay. was the, I mean, like, Miami, like, played okay. better than... Then they should have because they had guys who had moxie and they were able to have that grit and grind defense and stuff like that. And even they got a game, <laughs> I get it. But Denver shot 33% from three in the finals and still beat them in five against the Lakers. And yes, you could say the Lakers were lazy on defense. The, I agree with La you, Nick. Lakers beat, they, they beat them in four, sir. They, they were swept. Go ahead. Yes, I, I, yes. I but the Nuggets had the best series they've yeah. ever played. No, the Nuggets destroyed the Phoenix Suns. DeAndre Ayton got used like an old toothpick, picking you like an old toothpick at lunchtime. Okay, he was done. Then, guess what? You sit there and you go play the Lakers. Now, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and like I said, the first two games with Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis gave his, his everything, and it was still not enough against Jokic. So my point is, the Lakers. Got gimme games to get into the playoffs. Ah, they got man. lucky in the playoffs. They, they didn't get gimme games. Really? They got to win really? those games. They got to win those games. You got to win those games. It's not the Lakers' fault that the Timberwolves had two injuries and the, you know, and Memphis was deteriorating. Listen, almost blew a game against the Utah Jazz who already hung it up a month before the season was over. That's true. Are you serious right now? I'll give man, you that. Man, stop one. it. All, all I know is they, is, this they made the West team Finals. Is, I'm trying to hype them up to be. I mean, look here. Y'all hyping them up higher than Sean Puffy Combs hyping up a new artist on Bad Boy. Yeah, Stop. there we go. DJ Kelly. I'm going to start calling it Raj DJ Kelly. Another I'm one. To, another yeah, one. Yeah, another one. Yeah, more hype. More, <laughs> the best music. Hey, it's I got to... I got to get both of your opinion on this. I'm going to start with Brandon, mm -hmm. then Nick. Uh, listen, we talked about you got to be careful this time of year. This is one of those tweets that I had to triple check. Because according to Chris Haynes, my good friend Chris Haynes at TNT, Kyrie Irving intends to meet with the Phoenix Suns when the free agency period ooh, begins. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What the heck is that? By the way, Brandon, I mean, explain the cap in the CBA. What is this meeting? Like, what what, what would they what, what, what would they talk about during this meeting? I guess if he's willing to sign for a vet minimum, they don't have any <laughs> damn money. I mean, I hate to say it. It's true. They don't have any money. They don't. They're already into the second apron, pretty much. They're paying three guys about a hundred, four guys, $150 million, about $140 million, because Aiden's making $32 million a year. 
to get schooled into the paint by opposing players, like Nick said. And they have no depth pieces. I think they're just taking it. They're like, do you want to win a championship? Okay, sign for $3 million. Okay, whatever. You know, I, I, who are they going to trade? I mean, maybe uh, sign sign and trade with Aiton, maybe? You give Kyrie $32 million? Like, that's the only option other than the vet minimum. They're, well, they're not trading Aiton. That's one, one reason why they, 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 they brought Frank Vogel there, because he does well with big. So that's not happening. But I agree with you, Brandon. They don't have money on paper. That is not to say they won't work certain incentives into the contract to extend that contract's value later on down the line. Plus, like you said, hey, do you want to contend for a championship because you do have pieces that you could contend with with that championship? Um, I don't think they're beating Denver. Hell no. I think, like I said, if Denver adds a couple more pieces, even they don't have to be major pieces, just minor defensive moves that they can have to, to, to shore up that def their defense, I think that will help them tremendously. Um, I think Denver is the team to beat, not just in the Western Conference, but in the NBA right now. Um, we still don't know Chris Middleton's status with the Milwaukee Bucks. Is he going to get more money with the Bucks? Is he going to end up going elsewhere? What happens with Damian Lillard? Does Damian Lillard finally stop punking out and start you know, getting to a, a place where he wants to contend for a title? I respect the fact that Damian Lillard um, has stayed in the in the trenches with, with the Portland Trailblazers that he didn't leave at the first sign of trouble. I think he's a great guy. I think he's an excellent basketball player. He does so much for the community in Portland as well as in the community of Oakland where he's from. So I, I definitely have a tremendous amount of respect for Damian Lillard. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I just think it's time for him to contend while he still has legs to contend for a title. I would love to see Damian Lillard win a title. Whether that be with the Miami Heat, whether that be in New York, whether that be with the Milwaukee Bucks, whoever it may be with, I would love to see Damian Lillard win a title. Um, but like I said, Kyrie joining Kevin, rejoining Kevin Durant, obviously joining Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden, that could be a nice team to watch. That could be a fun team to watch. Um, yeah. Especially when we know Kyrie's not going to play a full 82 game season so that'll be fun in itself just i think it should be a hard knocks on the phoenix suns of Kyrie signs oh a hundred percent i mean this is reality television you know it, there's not gonna be <laughs> there's not gonna be no drama with Kyrie. i mean there's gonna be drama there's gonna be a soap opera i mean the only thing however is we've seen this story play out we've seen um the Kyrie KD thing it didn't work out well they tried to make a super team it didn't work out well so anyways Nick, you're the best. We'll uh, hopefully talk to you next week while you're sipping a, a Mai Tai somewhere on the beach on vacation. Uh, Brandon, I will talk to you soon, my friend. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.